Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. So two weeks left in May, it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we've been looking at different aspects of mental health, realizing that so many people have been dealing with stress, anxiety, and depression because of the pandemic and all the challenges that have come with it. Now, last week, we got some great advice from Dr. Jose Ponce, president of Albisu University, and we wanted to continue the discussion this week looking at careers in mental health. You know, there's a greater need now, and a lot of people have been considering complete career changes as other jobs have gone away. Now, Albisu University was originally founded to bring mental health awareness and services to Puerto Rico. And then they opened their first U.S. location in Miami. So Dr. Ponce is back with us. I'm so happy that you're here. President of Albisu, can you give us a virtual tour of Albisu's mental health program and the types of careers someone could qualify for? Yes. Oh, well, absolutely. Our doors are open to anyone who wants to explore one of the mental health careers. We offer doctorates and masters in psychology, clinical psychology. We offer a master's in psychology specializing in uh, mental health counseling and family counseling and school counseling. We have a PhD for those who have a master's and want to move forward in human services. So we have a bachelor's degree in psychology. So we have a number of careers and there are other disciplines also that provide mental health like clinical social workers. So in our region, there are many, many universities offering a whole range of mental health-related professions, it all depends upon what the scope of what you want to do. If you want to develop skills in engaging in in-depth psychotherapy, well, then you have to start thinking about a doctor, oh, uh, you know, like a doctor in clinical psychology. You know, If your vision of yourself as a mental health professional is to be able to counsel people, to work with families that don't have severe dysfunctions and working with individuals who might have depression, anxiety and stuff, but who do not have a chronic condition that, you know, every year or every two years they fall into a huge anxiety uh, Tax, then you can do a master's program. It's a two to one and a half years program in mental health counseling that we have and that other universities in the area have. So that's the key question. What do I want to do as a mental health counselor or a mental health professional? What's the scope? Do I want to do psychological assessments? Do I want to do supervision of other clinicians? You know, what do I want to do as a mental health professional? And then you can select the profession that is most consonant with your vision. It's absolutely fascinating how many areas there are. You know, in my picture in my head, I think of Tony Soprano (laughs) sitting and talking to there. Right. And so it's it's not, (laughs) that's not necessarily the only thing, the way you describe it. There are so many different callings that people could have involving psychology. And as you said, everything from child psychology to adults to family, I'm sure there's marriage counseling and on and on and on. Is there a particular quality that makes Mm -hmm. someone a good psychologist or psychiatrist? or therapist? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
a person needs to be interested in psychological mental things. You need to have a particular type of interest in how people think, why they think, why they do whatever they do. That's very important. That's number one. Number two, you need to be a caring person. You need to be able to be moved by someone's pain, someone's difficulties in life. And number three, you need to have a little bit of what we call the rescue fantasy. Oh, uh, sure. Aha. Uh-huh. All you know about that. I uh, uh, All the guys I, I've dated. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All righty. Well, it manifests there. There are some people who are excellent getting close to individuals who need someone to take care of them. But, but the difference, Ellen, is that if you don't have the training to take care of people, then you get drawn into their own drama. Oh, that's so and, true. <laughs> and, uh-huh, and then you can get hurt. So you need to have that fantasy that for you helping people and rescuing people is something great, is something beautiful, and that makes you feel full of joy and, and heightens your self-esteem without damaging yourself without carrying the other person's problem, knowing exactly how to put boundaries uh, and and uh-huh, and knowing when not to get emotionally involved with the other person. That's why being a rescuer in relationship it doesn't necessarily go well for the other person. If someone hears that and now they're going, oh, that's me too. Uh-huh, how do they uh-huh. go about approaching Albisu University if they decide that's where they'd like to learn or explore what careers are available for them? Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, they can call our university and if what they're looking for, we don't have, we surely know where she can get it either both in terms of getting the training or in terms of getting help, if the case is is mental health. Let me just tell you, Ellen, a lot of people get into the mental health professions because they've had some experiences themselves with mental health problems. As an adolescent, I had a problem with depression, and I was able to become a better person after going to therapy for knowing myself, knowing the triggers, which were related to me putting myself together, my self-esteem, you know, these type of things. And we all have this type of issues. And some of us, when we move forward in life, then we say, gee, you know, I did it for myself. I want to do this for other individuals. So our field is full of healed healers, people who have been wounded in life and have been able to move forward to heal wounds and to learn what is the correct way of working with other people and make other people succeed in life in terms of putting themselves together. Okay, so the website for anyone who wants to explore this further is albisu.edu 
slash academics. There are multiple campuses, um, obviously the one in Miami closest to us here. But uh, if, you know, you're vaccinated and want to travel, there is the original campus in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and they can direct you once you make contact to the correct place. I do want to ask just one final question so that I think a lot of people may be concerned. When we are staying at home, and doing telemeetings, it's okay to be in your pajamas from the waist down, right? That doesn't mean that you have a mental health problem. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But let me tell you something. There are new things of conversation nowadays that we have never thought that we were going to be talking about, like, you know, working in pajamas. Right. Uh, but, but let me tell you something. I cannot do that. I've probably two, three times have been in meetings with my whole staff and the chief financial officer and what, and I've been in shorts probably twice. Okay. <laughs> but let me tell you why I get, if you look at me now, I have a jacket, I have, you know, I'm, I'm fully dressed because you need to have some sense of normalcy in life. Okay. If you don't draw those boundaries of what's your personal life and your life within your home, and your professional life, things become kind of enmeshed and you start losing something somewhere. Either your home is not your home anymore, it's your office, or your office is your home. So you need to have a schedule. Human beings don't do well without a schedule. Yeah. You, you need to get up and, you know, do your thing and get dressed and do your work. Close the computer at five, at six, whatever. I don't care. But you need to put an end to have a resemblance of normalcy. If not, it gets too blurred. And then eventually you start feeling weird, awkward. You know, you get some stress and you get the being at home stress. That's my recommendation. I have heard about people who do like a fake commute where they get dressed, they go out in the car, <laughs> drive around and then come back home. So now it's like oh. they've gone to the office and uh -huh. that contributes to that. <laughs> so uh, these are definitely but, things we've never had to deal with before. And no. uh, it's good to know there are people who are able to assess what's happening and help us uh -huh. to get through it. Absolutely. I Thank you for taking oh, the time. Okay. I really enjoy talking to you, Ellen. Likewise. Nice. I, I, I hope we can continue having some conversations. We like definitely this. will. Dr. Jose Ponce, president of Albisu University, I thank you for your time. Thank you, Ellen. Continuing our conversation today on Mental Health Awareness Month, it is a pleasure to welcome back the board president of NAMI Miami, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Susan Racher, thank you for being with us this morning. It's been thank a while. Thank you so much, Ellen. It's wonderful to talk with you. Likewise. And I know this is a busy month for you, the National Alliance on Mental Illness during Mental Health Awareness Month. And I'm happy that we at Easy 93.1 have been able to have conversations with different organizations pretty much every week throughout the month to talk about the issues of mental health, the stigma, and try and do our part to eliminate the stigmas. And also look at the different 
things that are coming at us that bring mental health issues along with them that our entire country has been facing. First, you and I had talked a lot during the pandemic about how it was affecting people. And now as we're moving into the vaccine phase and people are looking at going back out in public and going back to work, going back to school, that's got another whole group of issues. So can you give us a little update about what you've learned since the pandemic and and how people are transitioning out? Happy to do so. First of all, NAMI pivoted very quickly in March to moving all of our programs onto Zoom. That was a good outcome of the pandemic. Our 10 support groups a week were able to reach more people where they were rather than have people have to drive to different locations. The pandemic, though, and the year of isolation, the loss of a sense of security, a sense of balance, financial loss, And for too many families, personal loss of loved ones and friends has created um, very significant impact on overall mental wellness for all of us. Recent survey uh, in Florida indicated that more than one out of two people, it was actually 56% of the people surveyed, felt that their mental health had significantly deteriorated. And a worrisome, almost one quarter, 24%, said that it actually interfered with their daily lives. Mm. The stress of balancing work and children affected mothers and fathers significantly. The stress of not knowing whether that hug that you just gave a loved one Mm. would result in that loved one getting sick or you're getting sick or the inability to hug loved ones or see loved ones in nursing homes in the family created significant, significant stress for all of us. We at NAMI saw a dramatic increase in attendance in our support groups, both for peers and for family members, and a geometric rise in our daily phone calls that are answered by our staff in English and Spanish. Well, if there's a positive Um, side to that, it's that people are actually reaching out for help negative, there's more need for help, positive, it's there and they're seeking it. Whereas for a long time, people just would not reach out because they said, no, I, there's nothing wrong with me. It was just not okay. And here right. you're saying it's okay to not be okay and to reach out for help. Absolutely. And one of the outcomes of this pandemic is it, it, it's one of the few things that we've experienced as people and as a community where we have been in this together. You know, hurricane hits one little village or one little area, one little swath. Um, Our whole country has been in this together. Some, you know, experiencing, as I mentioned, more loss than others. And, you know, as we think about going back to work, the one thing that I really would encourage folks to do if they're managers or team leaders is to understand that every employee, every individual has experienced this pandemic some through different lenses of of loss. And I'm hopeful that, you know, so much of what we do at work is built on trust and and teamwork. And, you know, and I'm hopeful that this sense of, you know, shared loss and and shared return back to the workplace solidifies and strengthens people's collaboration, their working relationship, um, and their trust. Well, one of the things that NAMI offers 
And I, I just want to put this out there for any managers who are preparing to reopen their office is you'll go out to a workplace and provide an in-person seminar to talk about the issues. And that might be something that companies want to put in their programming as they return to opening their offices. Absolutely. We've already started doing that on Zoom, speaking to employees and to their managers. And we would be happy to collaborate with corporations, law firms, accounting firms, nonprofit organizations throughout the county. We also plan to eventually have a return to in-person wellness support groups. However, the Zoom groups would continue as well so that folks can tune in at their convenience. So we have 10 groups a week in English and Spanish, including two groups a week for parents and caregivers of youth and children. It's all on the NAMIMiami.org website. In addition, we're very excited because May 22nd, we are hosting the first ever Walk for Mental Health in Miami-Dade. Mm-hmm. It's a pandemic-safe program called NAMI Walks Your Way. We already have 85 teams signed up. Wow. It's not too late to sign up. NAMIWalks.org forward slash Miami. Each team will be doing an event an outdoor event their way. It's called NAMI Walks Your Way. My team is doing exercise in the park, followed by mindfulness. And the week leading up to May 22nd, we are going to have programming every day. Okay, so this is all this coming week. Can you do a rundown of what some of the topics will be in the programming? And again, all virtual, so people can participate from wherever they are. Absolutely. All virtual and all free. Everything NAMI does for the community is free. So on Sunday at 6 p.m., we have a program on tapping, which is an anti-anxiety tool. On Monday, we have a program called Ending the Silence for Families. It's a national evidence-based program to help families understand what is normal behavior, what isn't, and what to do to support their teens and young adults. On Tuesday, we have Ending the Silence for Youth. It's a program aimed at middle, high school, and college youth to talk about mental wellness, what to do if a friend needs help, what to do if they need help. And it's a fantastic stigma buster. On Wednesday, we have mindfulness with Nancy at noon and a panel on Hispanic youth mental health. On Thursday, we have a film on post-COVID anxiety with the director. And it focuses on the feeling all of us are having or going to have after being in our sweatpants (laughs) on Zoom (laughs) in our rooms all year, what does it feel like to go back out again? Yeah. And that's on Thursday. On Friday, we have a review of NAMI Miami 101. Every program that we have, what its intent is, why we have it, who it could help. And then Saturday is walk day. And between now and May 22nd, the county government center, the courthouse, Freedom Tower will be lit up on the 22nd, the city of South Miami City Hall, Miami City Hall, Pinecrest Village Hall, Pinecrest Community Center, Palmetto Bay, Coral Gables, and many other areas and buildings will be illuminated green, which is the color of mental wellness and mental health, to show the community that we care about mental health. 
and you do. And the thing that's different about NAMI in general is that your groups are peer support groups and peer run by people who are NAMI trained. And again, completely free. So it's a little bit different from seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but what you do kind of supports the work that someone is doing in medical therapy. Absolutely. Mental health challenges could be very isolating and connecting to folks who can help as well as being facilitated by our trained peers is really quite reassuring. My involvement with NAMI came as a result of I'm a family member of a young man who had a serious mental health challenge in college. I didn't know where to turn. And I found that the NAMI support groups gave me tools, gave me confidence, told me that it's okay to have self-care, even though I was so worried about my son. And then the support groups for my son helped him recover. He made friends that are lifelong friends. So 11 years later, he's still friends with them. And it gave him confidence that he's not broken, that he can recover. And he has. You just made a really important point that you, as the parent of someone with mental health issues, also needed support. And we always talk about mental health in terms of the person who has the concerns, and we forget about their family members that they Mm -hmm. need to also learn how to cope. And caregiving under any circumstances is incredibly difficult, but caregiving for someone dealing with an illness that they may not understand and may not be able to communicate with the patient completely is so important. And I'm really glad to hear that. Thank you. That's the essence of NAMI Ellen. It was actually founded in Wisconsin around a kitchen table of family members Mm. um, to help each other. And that, that really is the essence. And when as a family member, you understand what is happening, you have patience for what is happening, and you see a light at the end of the tunnel, you in turn are helping your loved one get better. Right. And I can't emphasize it enough. That's why I volunteer at NAMI. That's why I'm committed to NAMI. It made all the difference for my son as well as for my family. Well, I'm hoping that May 22nd, next Saturday already, will be an enlightenment for a lot of people when they see how many others are having to deal with mental health issues and that they are not alone. That's one of the key things. You had mentioned before we started the program that you've had a huge increase in calls at NAMI from people seeking assistance. And while that speaks to the fact that COVID had such a big impact on us, what it says to me is that more people are actually willing to speak about it, and it's Mm -hmm. coming out of the shadows. It's finally becoming something that is okay to discuss, that insurance companies are often covering, although for what you offer, no insurance is required. So this is huge progress, and I think the more we talk about it, the more progress we'll make. Well, you've made a significant contribution to removing that stigma by hosting me and other mental health supporters on your show. And I'm really grateful to you for doing that. We all have mental health problems. Remember, one out of two now has said in a survey that they're struggling. So if anyone listening to this program feels that they could use some help, please call or go to our website, call NAMI Miami 
305-665-2540, answer in English and Spanish, or go to our website, NAMIMiami.org, for a full listing of our programs and also access to sign up for NAMI Walks. It's not too late. Yay. Do a walk your way and show your family, your friends, your community that mental wellness matters. Okay. And just the fact that you're out walking is going to help your mental wellness. Um, Absolutely. Definite correlation between getting out in the sun, fresh air, exercise, and also now that we can finally be with some other people, even if you're masked up, at least you can spend time with people face-to-face again. And that's big progress. And it's going to be a time of healing for a a good long time. I don't see us being completely recovered, either physically or emotionally, from this for at least another year. I agree. Yeah, but the fact that people are working together and we have organizations like you helping out, you know, everybody comes together and we can overcome. I totally agree. And for folks who are unable to join us for the walk, tune in to Facebook Live Saturday morning, May 22nd, as we host our opening event in Museum Park, now known as Maurice Ferret right, Park. Right, right, right. And also at the end of the day on the 22nd, as we stand in front of magnificently illuminated Freedom Tower to uh. conclude our NAMI Walks Your Way. It is a walk your way, so... Folks could walk on the treadmill, walk your dog, take a walk on the beach, get a couple friends together and take a walk, hold up some signs, let folks know that you care about this. All right. I thank you so much. Thank you, Ellen. Again, the phone number 305-665-2540, the website NAMIMiami.org. The support that you want is there. The programs are free. And join all of us next Saturday. When you get to the website, you'll find out all the information also about all the programs happening this week virtually as part of the celebration of Mental Health Awareness Month leading up to the walk next Saturday. Susan Racher, I thank thank you. you again, the president of the board of NAMI Miami. We'll talk again before school starts, because that's going to have its own challenges for kids and parents. For sure. I look forward to it. Thank Thank you so so much. much. And finally, on Easy's Community Focus, for those who've been having financial difficulties because of the pandemic, Miami-Dade County government has a program to help pay your electric bill. We've got Anika Holder from the Community Action and Human Services Department to tell us more. Anika. If there's anyone out there that's struggling with paying their light bills, the Miami-Dade County Community Action and Human Services Department can help you with that, providing assistance in that arena. And so I encourage you to visit miamiday.gov. Just go and learn a little bit more about the Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program and see if you're eligible and qualified for that assistance. You can get up to $4,000 in a 12-month period with paying your light bill. That's fantastic. And I know a lot of people have bills that have added up over the last year because they just couldn't make ends meet. So many people lost jobs during the pandemic. So that is really miamidade.gov Low Income Energy Assistance Program. Anika, thank you for sharing that information with us. Thank you so much. And we're going to talk to you again next week about the Head Start program in Miami-Dade. I know we haven't quite finished this school year, but it's time to sign up for the Head Start program. 
for next year. Anika Holder will join us again next week on Easy's Community Focus. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about today's program or would like to suggest a topic, please email me at ellen at easy93.com and join us again next week at 6.50. As I said, we'll talk about the Head Start program and more about Mental Health Awareness Month on Easy's Community Focus starting at 6.50. Have a great day. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.